right, welcome to In Plain Sight. Jeremy in Kentucky here on Republic Broadcasting Network. Go to republicbroadcasting.org, smash that donate, send the fundage, make your check or money order payable to RBN. 2251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. Call in that debit or credit to 1-800-724-2719, extension 3. Uh, You can make a one-time donation or preferably set up a recurring donation, 5, 10, 15 bucks a month. Uh, If a thousand of you did that, it would make a huge difference, so... Give what you can to keep free speech alive. This is your Tuesday night broadcast as advertised on the recurring commercials on RBN. Tuesday night at 9 p.m. is the Patrick and Jeremy show. Live tonight, I have joining me live, Dr. Patrick Slattery from the underground bunker in Burbank, fighting crime and analyzing political science. Patrick, welcome. Well, thank you very much, Jeremy. Pat, um, analyzing political science and fighting crime and, and also running into a moving pick in a basketball game and getting completely wiped out. Um, so I'm a little bruised, but I'm not too too much worse for the wear. Wow, full contact basketball. That's, uh, that's remarkable. <laughs> it happens sometimes. That's a nice way to <laughs> Yeah. So... But I'm already. You know, I got. I think I got the dog all revved up. And is this one okay? Ready to go? Yeah, we're okay. Good. It wouldn't be a live Patrick show without a dog walk. So let's hope we get that in. Um, just just starting off the Putin, the Tucker Putin interview has been on everyone's minds. It's been a topic of conversation. Last night it came up a lot on my show. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but. Maybe we could just hit some highlights and cover what hasn't been covered. I know you covered it with Mark uh, Friday and with Mark Collett on Monday, and you hit a little bit of it. Yeah, you hit a bit, a little bit of it today with uh, Filbert. So just a couple of things that I wanted to bring out uh, in your discussion with Collett. Uh Quote, for Putin to talk about Jewish power would start World War III. That seemed to be a talking point amongst um, people in our circles. Why didn't Putin talk about Jewish power? Why did he call out the Nazis? There, there's all of these things. I wanted to point out something and get your take on it. So Putin knows that he has the support of his own people in Russia. And um, his own people in Russia... You know, their understanding of history were, were that Nazis were the bad guys in World War II. And, you know, similarly, these Trump supporters, your right wing Trump supporters, they're going to have the same view that, you know, Hitler and the Nazis were bad guys. Uh, and so I, I think Putin was playing on that. We know that Putin's intelligent. I mean, he's probably, I'm, I'm sure he's read Solzhenitsyn 200 years together and, all of these different works, he, he understands the nature of the Jewish oligarchs, um, you know, because he's had to handle them and work against them, go against them and work for with. I would not say for with some of them. I would I would say that what oligarchs that remained works for him. But this is a totally different paradigm now. If Putin were to come out and 
red pill everyone on the Holocaust and World War II, he could lose support of vast amounts of Russians, but also lose support of the right wing in America. So I think there's a strategy being played out here. I don't know if you're catching the way that I'm drifting, but uh, I think maybe he's appealing because the purpose, I think, of this interview was to appeal to the global populace, but more specifically to the right wing in America, because it's the American uh, Jewish controlled state, Jewish dominated state that has pushed this war in Ukraine. And probably the best way to solve this is to get the American populace to vote these people out get them out of office and you're not going to do that um, by going full support of national socialists in world war ii there's just so many problems with that um you would lose a lot of the support that you have in america so that's kind of where i'm at uh, when i analyzed that statement that was made with uh, your show with mark collett on monday um what do you got what do you what's your feedback on that yeah so that was what David David Duke said uh, over the weekend when we were talking, uh, and he, he said he thought that if Putin, if he called out Jewish power, uh, that that it could start World War Three. I mean, we're on the brink of World War Three, so it's not an implausible statement. Uh, the fir- first thing I want to say is that I think the most significant thing about the interview was that it happened at all. Uh, that that is the main thing. It's just that it happened because uh, so at, at this point, I guess it's does it ha- have 200 over 200 million hits, 200 million views. Mark Collett on uh, Monday morning, yesterday morning when we recorded, uh, he said it was right at about 200 million hits. So it's probably over 200 million at this point. And th- not that they're all in America, but in, you've got easily tens of millions of Americans who watched that. And I think going into last week, there there weren't tens of millions of Americans who had ever heard Vladimir Putin in his own words. Uh, and I think, by and large, the vast majority of Americans only know uh, of Putin through the mainstream media filter, which is that he's a war criminal that he's he invaded uh ukraine uh he he might be insane he's dying of cancer all this stuff and even when putin even when uh tucker had his show on fox he really didn't push back about against that he was against the ukraine war not because there was any justification for it but just because it wasn't in America's interest to go fighting to protect Ukraine. Uh, that was always Tucker's position, even though you had the feeling that that he actually under, understood the rationale for it. But um, so the thing is, the only way that Putin could not exceed expectations, the only way that this couldn't be a net plus for him would have been for him to come out and goose step and throw Roman salutes. I mean, basically that he would have had to be literal cartoon Hitler in order for it not to be an improvement because he came out and um, he was, he was rational and reasonable and human and had a sense of humor. 
And that's that in and of itself just way exceeded uh, yeah, freaking out and kvetching about Tucker doing this and about Elon Musk allowing his platform to be used by this. Because in a democracy, people aren't allowed to know the uh, most fundamental things to make decisions because this is an our democracy, right? He, that's, that's, not, that's not our values. So I think that's the most important thing was that it happened at all. Um, obviously, uh, you know, hearing all this, the Nazi talk, it, it's kind of grinding at the, the nerves. It's, it's pretty irritating. But there's a couple of things. Like I think I said to, to Mark Pollitt, what Nazi means in Russia and what Nazi means in America are not the same thing. Because in America, Nazi simply means uh, the six million. They killed the six million. That's all it means. And in, in Russia, Nazi means they invaded our country. We fought a war and we lost, you know, 20 million plus people, 25 million people in a war against against Germany. And the, the six million is, is just a footnote. It's just an asterisk. That's that's the main thing. So, you know, so you had that. Um, I think, you know, people will talk about how uh, articulate he was in being able to recount all this this uh, Russian history. And maybe it impressed some people. And that's fine. But just to, just to uh, reiterate, I think the main thing is that uh, tens of millions of Americans and, you know, many more in other countries got to see him unfiltered for the first time and can see that obviously he's a rational person. He's a reasonable person. At least I think the bulk of people who saw that would come would come away with that and are more likely to. uh have their if they if they went into it with hostility towards him the hostility would be reduced if they went in there with an open mind neutral they would probably come out with a favorable impression but uh in in general i just think everything moved uh it was all a net net plus for putin and honestly what's a net plus for putin what whether you like it or not it's a net plus for trump because uh you know trump is going to be to the, to the extent Trump is portrayed as as Putin's puppet, and they want to do that, um, then uh, then well, he. So what if he's Putin's puppet? <laughs> not that, excuse me, not that he looks like Putin's puppet. Very very last thing I'll say is Hillary Clinton called Tucker Carlson a useful idiot, and my response to Hillary is, well, at least he's useful. Could come back. Yeah. yeah. Just to clarify my statement, um, should Putin have come out, you know, total red pill in World War II? Like I said, he would lose his own support in, in Russia uh, because it just, you know, you can't. There's some things that you just you're just not going to have time to do and, and reeducate uh, hundreds of millions of people on what really happened in World War II. That's not feasible. The, the the goal here is to stop the support of Ukraine, to stop Zelensky, um, and to secure an area for these Russian-speaking people in the Donbass, and uh, just to stop this whole war, this whole meat grinder. And how do you stop it? 
Well, you could go full on red pill and go World War III and lose the support of people in Russia and America, or you could appeal to both your support in Russia and your support in America, because a lot of people you know, on the Trump side, like I said, are, uh, I don't know if I would want to call on Putin supporters, but they definitely are against the war in Ukraine. You appeal to these people hoping that they will you know, go to the polls and vote out this administration and vote in one that would get rid of this this crazy State Department that we have that seems to not have a an off-ramp that wants to go all or nothing and uh, no price is too high to pay, whether it be human carnage or American tax dollars. No price is too high to pay. So perhaps appealing to them uh, would be a better way than just starting an all-out war with the West. Letting people hear Putin's side. I mean, that's regardless of what you think of Putin. Yeah, I get it. There's some kind of bracelet or something. Um, there's a yarmulke shot. But um, let's look at the overall goal is to stop this war, to stop this this crazy conflict in Ukraine and quit funneling money to them. And let's get into a situation where we can diplomatically uh, have Russia and America agree on terms right and just quit the conflict and go with the go with what the flow is going with now that's sort of the way i took it anyway if you got further comments on this i'll kick it to you and then we can move on you're on well, way, by the way. you know yeah it's, yeah it's a guy. okay first uh, would Putin a version from uh, Leningrad, which was later, whereas his you know, own parents suffered, they lost their. Hey, hang tight. You know, their brother. Hang tight. You broke. Uh, up. You, you broke up bad. You broke up bad. You, you're breaking up right okay. now. Getting a better area. Okay. You were you were you were commenting on on Putin's okay. take on Leningrad. Am I in a better area now? That's coming through clear. Okay, good. Uh, um, <laughs> excuse me. So, it, convincing Russians that the Germans were the good Ah, you broke up again. This is what happened when we were live. Um, I heard your take on this earlier. You're, I think the point you're making, convincing all of your Russian populace um, that Germans were the good guys is going to be pretty much a... a, it's, a, a not a it's not a feasible not, tactic. And again, Patrick, you got to get in a better area. You're breaking up. Again, the, the goal here, I right, think... Am I back on? Yeah, I... I was just saying the goal for Putin was to present his side and stop this carnage in Ukraine. I think that's the total goal here, and to you know allow Russia to secure itself as a you know as a country that's not going to be threatened by NATO, and and that wasn't the case two and a half years ago, even back to the Maidan coup of twenty fourteen. Um, it, it was every you know. 
everything is pointing to the West using NATO to um, encircle Russia and to try to overthrow Putin. Yeah, Putin is he's very cautious. He's very risk averse. Doesn't like to take risks. Uh, he's been he he has shown a lot of good faith towards the West. Uh, he he has been criticized domestically for that. Why is he so cooperative with with the West? Uh, why hasn't he taken a harder line? Uh, but you know, in the in the um, final analysis, he's been in charge for twenty five years. Russia has done so much better because Russia was during the nineteen nineties. It was uh, just under a Jewish yoke. You had these oligarchs. And oligarchs, it's, to be an oligarch, it's not just to be rich. It's not just to be a billionaire, but it's to rule. The arc in oligarchy comes from to rule, right? Anarchy is no rule, and oligarchy is ruled by a few. There, so it's not just being rich, it's being a ruler. I mean, Elon Musk is not a ruler. He's rich, but he's not an oligarch. He's, he's, he's not a ruler. He's not ruling anything. You know, if, if he steps out of line, he has to... to do a humiliation ritual at, at Auschwitz. Uh, so uh, you had rule by oligarchs in the 1990s. They uh, and it was so bad for the Russians that the their puppet uh, Yeltsin, who might not have been a puppet at the beginning, but by the end of the 90s he was completely a puppet. Uh, that he had support of three percent of the people. And there was an election coming up and they needed a savior and they got they recruited Putin and he won the election for them. And then he turned on them and they can't forgive him. That's what that's what the hatred. I mean, there I think there's um, the Jews have uh, ethnic animosity towards lots of groups. They certainly have ethnic animosity towards Russians and Ukrainians and Poles and Germans and Arabs and white Americans. There's no shortage of that. But Putin he betrayed them. And that's that's worse than being an Ahmadinejad. Uh, for them to put him in power uh, as as their tool, as their puppet, and then for him to turn on them is, is unforgivable. And people will say, oh, well, they're still, you know, oligarchs. No, they're not oligarchs. They're still billionaires. But the power, the, um, the power vectors go the opposite way. All right, let's hold that thought coming up on the break, and we'll do more on the other side. Do you begin to smell some funky little things going on? Let me share this story with you. It's not so much a story. It's something I wrote years ago. Read your history, people. Stock markets collapse on Friday. Bank seizures, closures, holidays take place after business hours on Friday. Do currencies or governments also collapse on Friday? <laughs> Tomorrow's Friday. Will the end come on this Friday or will the inevitable collapse hold off for a while? The next round of the worst financial crisis in a hundred years is coming, people. And the government is out to make you and I pay for it. And will your savings survive a global banking wipeout? What happens when the U.S. sees hyperinflation? What if taxes soar not only for the rich... Can you survive the stock market tanks? Look, between a stock market wipeout, waves of bank failures, soaring government spending that will lead to hyperinflation and the destruction of the dollar's value, isn't it time that you prepare for the uncertainty which lies ahead? Protect your money now 
or forever kiss it goodbye. My friends, I offer you over six decades experience of hard asset ownership and knowledge. And I'm prepared to handle the smallest detail in the balance protection of your portfolio. For as the future of uncertainty continues to blanket this nation of ours, I believe that I can offer you the privacy, safety, security, and possibly some profitability which you deserve. And so I invite you to visit SierraMondrePreciousMetals.com for further information regarding protecting your wealth. Or call me, Jeffrey Bennett, at 602-799-8214. Or by email at KettleMoraineLTD at Cox.net for a private consultation. Once again, our phone number is 602-799-8214. It's almost Friday. Hi. Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 carcass drop and lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. Awake every morning when the cold winds cover me. All I've got's a ghost of what could be. If you could see the lights shine in front of me if you can see All right, back to In Plain Sight, Patrick and Jeremy show on your Tuesday night broadcast live. If you want to call in, 512-248-8252. We're taking select calls that will add to the show. Debate is welcome, sure. Just don't be gay and retarded. Uh, we're just analyzing this Putin speech. So I think the ultimate goal of Putin was to present his case to the global populace in general, but the American populace in specific, because it's the Jewish-dominated state administration that's pushing this conflict and it's funneling money to Ukraine and making this worse. Russia just wants to uh, secure itself as a sovereign uh, country and not have NATO put, you know, bombs on its border. Um, I think that was the ultimate goal. And Putin presented himself well, um, right. You know, pro whites can criticize him for not coming out hard for the Nazis, but that's just not feasible. That's just not a, a feasible strategy. So he took this strategy that was um, most logical uh, in this case. I think that's where we're at. Let me kick it to you for comments on that, and then we'll move on. Yeah, oh, by the way, and I, I heard your show last night. I heard uh, Joe from Florida call in and some others call in. Um, yeah, so I like I say, I just think it was there's a lot of interesting things that were said. Um, and, you know, the Nazi stuff, you just wish 
the denazification of Ukraine. Ukraine's not run by Nazis. It's run by Jews. But, you know, what David Duke is starting to say is that, well, actually, actually, the um, the Jews, like the, the, the Jews created this avatar of a Nazi, which doesn't really match National Socialists of Germany. But it does it does match the Israelis pretty daggone well this avatar that they created. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe there needs to be some rebranding going on, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess that's my final thought on it for now. Well, yeah, cause in, Put- in Putin's mind, if he can appeal to the, the American populace, um, then this year they can vote and change the administration. Now, will the votes be, you know, will the election be fair? Will it be hoaxed? I mean, I don't know. That's up for grabs. It, it would be very difficult for them to hoax this election. I'll put it that way. But I think Putin's hoping to retain the support of not only his own Russian people, but the American uh, right-wing populace who could, in theory, uh, change the administration uh, to one that's more cooperative and more diplomatic to Russia and thus create you know, world peace, which is what hopefully we all want. So I think that's the way that I'm taking it. But anyway, we can move on. Yeah. So do you have do you have an agenda? I was going to move on to the the polls, talking about Biden not being uh, being too old to run. Good direction. Yeah. Did you hear his press conference on the same day as the Tucker Putin interview? I heard there was a lot of gaffes. I didn't hear the actual conference. Well, so the biggest gaffe was he, he was talking about um, Gaza and uh, he, that that Putin convinced the Mexicans to open their border with Gaza. <laughs> and then he he talked he mentioned General Sisi, who is the ruler of Egypt. So obviously he meant he meant Egypt. Okay, whatever. Um, there was something else that he said that was um, a bit off, but. Really, the most important thing was that the the press corps, which is on his side, the press corps was turning against. I mean, it's they're on the Democrat side, that's for sure. Uh, but they were turning against him, and they were seizing on this uh, special what was it, special counsel report. There was a, a three hundred page special counsel report, and it included. Uh, interviews that had been conducted by the special counselor with uh with biden and of course the special counsel referred to biden as having a as being a a well-intentioned old man with a bad memory and so he was being challenged on that and he and he was saying what do you mean i have a bad memory now get the hell off my lawn take your i'm keeping this ball you get the hell off my lawn and that's what he sounded like he sounded like a grumpy old man uh, it was kind of funny, but I don't know. So on the one hand, it's it's hard to imagine him winning a fair election. Um, and also, none of the people that are talked about are really that viable. Even Gavin Hansom, you know, Gavin Hansom is, runs a sanctuary state in, in an election about um, illegal immigration. It, that's just not feasible. The one possibility that I can think of is is to have like a Jimmy Who kind of thing. Nobody knew who 
Jimmy Carter was uh, until, you know, a year before the election. And because he was unknown, he, he was acceptable. If they pulled out somebody who was completely unknown and didn't have skeletons in the closet and gay kids in the closet. Oh. I guess right, we'll come back on the side. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure pouty arco super tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-and-lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-and-lift? Our Ease-Off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the Ease-Off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my Ease-Off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. 
back to the Patrick and Jeremy show on In Plain Sight, uh, we were just analyzing the Biden entity and how polls show that he's too old. This is from Politico. Polls show the overwhelming majority of Americans think Biden is too old for another term. President Joe Biden is too old for another term in the White House, according to polls surveyed in a new ABC News uh, Ipsos poll. Um, According to the poll, which was released Sunday after being conducted on February 9th and 10th, the days following a report from special counsel Robert Herr that described Biden as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. 86% of Americans think Biden, who is 81 years old, is too old to serve in another term. You got this combined with um, the Democrats' own hardcore leftists uh, supporting pro-Palestinian policies and actually heckling Hillary Clinton at her speeches. Um, You see the the left and the Democratic side falling apart. Now, we'll get to the Trump side later, but just real quick, if if this is what the media is putting out there, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm almost reading the tea leaves here, if you want to use that sort of analogy to see that Biden will be replaced. I don't think they're going to be able to run him as a viable candidate. Anyway, Patrick, let me get your comments on this, and we'll move to our caller. So there's a, a Jewish journalist named Jonathan Alter. He's been around for a long time. Twenty years ago, I used to uh, see his column in the the Nation magazine, and he was he had an article that was carried on Real Clear Politic. I, I read it, and he's been he has been calling for Biden to be replaced for a long time, even though he thinks Biden is the best president ever. He's been a great president, um, but uh, to preserve his legacy and whatnot. Uh, he should step aside. This is what he's been saying. But now he's saying, you know, it's it's kind of too late for it. But these are the scenarios where it can happen. Uh, at this point, the um, the primary process is, has begun. Uh, the He's going to run away with the primaries by default. Uh, it, it's too late for people to get on the ballot for the primaries for the most part. I mean, people could get on for a few of the last primaries, but... Nobody, nobody can successfully challenge him through the primaries anymore. So, it's it's a if he wants if he wants to be the nominee and his his heart is beating, he will be the nominee. And and the thing is, there are people, the Blinkens and the Newlands and uh, probably Alejandro Mayorkas and and Garland and these other people who uh, Biden is their ticket to ride. He, you know, they've got a ticket to ride. And it's not Gavin Hansom and it's not Amy Klobuchar. It's not anybody else. If Gavin Hansom, if Gavin Awesome comes in, he's going to bring in his own crew. It's not going to be the same people. So Team Biden, there's Team Biden just it requires having this old man uh, live in the White House. That's just part of it. Uh, So it's but he could be replaced because he's you know, he's. The, the odds of him living in the White House past next January are pretty remote because uh, there's this whole hurdle of being elected. Uh, if he could be convinced to step aside and the people who uh, manage him could be convinced, maybe bribed, maybe there would be some some offers to keep some of them on or something like that. Um, 
you could have uh, either before if it happened before the uh, the convention, then either Biden's delegates could just be free to vote their conscience or Biden could be like a kingmaker and he could recommend uh, his his delegates to vote for uh, Amy Klobuchar or Gavin uh, Supersum or whatever. And uh, if it happens afterwards, if, if it happens after the convention and the convention, typically, I'm not sure when it's scheduled, but typically the um, the the party in power has their convention in August. Well, that's that doesn't leave much time to substitute somebody in. But if he if he were to withdraw, then um, you would have a window of opportunity to where you the Democratic National Committee could appoint somebody. And in 1972, the vice presidential candidate withdrew and they replaced him. And this would be the scenario that you've been talking about, where you'd have um, Gavin Newsom as the uh, the candidate. Uh, Chlamydia would would remain as the vice presidential candidate because she if if she's nominated along with Biden at the convention uh, and she doesn't withdraw, she's still going to be the, the the running mate for whoever becomes the uh the, the candidate. So that that scenario could still happen. But I just think that the uh, whoever they put up is likely to have so much baggage with being on the wrong side of the Ukraine war, being on the wrong side of the lockdowns and the, the vaccines. And, and, you know, Trump Trump is is slippery enough that he he could even pull out. He could even play a I was against the vaccines stuff because he has he has a very particular relationship with his own personal history. Um Anyway, I want to leave time for the caller, so I'll stop talking. Yeah, let's move on to the call screen. We got Joe in Florida up next. Joe in Florida, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Patrick. Great to hear you guys. Long time no speak. Um, yeah, that's you know what you're talking about, Patrick. It makes me think. <laughs> it occurs to me that for those people who really care about, like maybe possibly saving this country. We have to start working to try whatever we do to make sure that Biden stays on the ticket uh, to the election. <laughs> I mean, this is our winning ticket. You know what I'm saying? For anybody who loves America. Uh, and, and it's becoming more apparent to me every day that I thought, well, you know, you can never tell with Democrats. They're so uh, they're so false and they're so uh, disgusting that, you know, are, are they really angry? It's hard to tell. But they apparently are, there's a huge movement to get him off the ticket now. And, uh, that's, that's like really happening there. That press conference the other night, wow. That, I have not seen a press conference like that. It reminded me, you might remember this, Patrick. It reminded me of like a Jimmy Carter press conference in 19, like 79 or 78. You know, when Reagan came in, they they instituted a, a much more orderly process, and it's gone back and forth. But I remember the waning years of the Carter administration. They had this that kind of scream fest where there was no order, and, you know. So I, I don't know, um, but I agree with you. The other thing, the, the one thing I wanted to uh, get your feedback on, uh, Patrick, and you too, Jeremy. The um, so now the Ukraine. And Israel uh, aid bill has been passed by the Senate. Um, okay, it's been approved by the chief rabbi of the United States, Chuck Schumer. So Chief Rabbi Schumer has told us this is good for the country. I honestly think 
that it's, it's going to go nowhere, that there's actually not going to, I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. They said they could well, separate out Israel. It seems like Ukraine aid is not, never going to pass the House. There's a possibility they might want to separate out the Israel thing, but Biden has said, unless he changes it, that he won't actually <laughs> pass a bill. Uh, you know, his uh, Biden's uh, gravy train is Ukraine, right? So he's owned by the Jewish, the Ukrainian mafia, and he's the only reason he's in, in the presidency is because of them, right? But he has said, well, he will not separate them out, which is fascinating because that, that could actually kill the Israel aid bill, too. What do you think? Yeah. Well, that is that is the uh, position that everybody's taking right now, that uh, Johnson, the Speaker Johnson, wants to he doesn't want to pass the uh, the Israel, uh, the all in one bill. He wants a separate bill for Israel. And Biden has said that he would veto it. Because because he knows that um, there's no way that he can get a separate bill for Ukraine passed. Uh, Schumer perhaps wants to is is willing to have this this doomed bill uh, go to the uh, to the House where Donald Trump has influence. Let it fail there. And then when and things are falling apart fast in Ukraine and then be able to blame Donald Trump. And the Republicans for Ukraine falling apart. But Ukraine's falling apart really, really fast. Zelensky, I think he's going out of the country. Uh, he fired Zeluzhny. Zeluzhny, um, I don't know if he was super popular amongst the military, but he's more popular amongst the military than than um, uh, his replacement. Uh, and, and, and now there's like the potential of purging the military. Well, how do you purge the military? Per, you know, to purge the military of, of Zelensky supporters. Well, you can you can f- try firing the officers or you can feed them into a meat grinder and kill them all. And what's happening is uh, people in the military are going are are likely to resist orders to go to the front. Nobody wants to go to the front. And you're also having massive demonstrations or big demonstrations against the draft. Uh, there's there's a move. Uh, Zeluzhny had been calling for. Well, I guess it was Zelensky who called for it, but it was really Zeluzhny who was pushing for it, but not publicly. Five hundred thousand more uh, uh, conscriptions. Well, there's just not that many people left and nobody wants to go and things are falling apart fast. And then you've got the feuding. Uh, Zelensky doesn't look like he's going to last long. You've got uh, former President Poroshenko and the mayor of Kiev, Klitschko. You've got a former prime minister who used to be pretty, pretty cute, by the way, um, Timoshenko, and they're all gunning for him. And so things yeah. are going to fall apart and, yeah, and, and, and make very fast. Absolutely. I think you're right. And I don't know if you saw this as another another point which emphasizes that. So tonight I see on RT. So the guy who now I believe I mean, it's become obvious this was all Victorian Newlands great save plan, right? Oh, well, we got to get rid of Zeluzhny because he's becoming more popular than Zelensky, so you fire Zeluzhny. This is the way they operate, right? And they put in this guy, Sersky, who ironically is Russian. Uh, unbelievable. But anyway, uh, this guy, Zersky, Sersky, is interviewed on RT tonight, and he says, get this, he says, oh, this is a defensive operation we're running now. 
He did some photo op interview on Ukrainian TV. Sersky, the new military leader, saying, well, this is a defensive operation now, and uh, their aim, they want to make sure that they, they sort of limit the, uh, uh, the, the number of bodies killed. Uh, so <laughs> they are running. Uh, it is collapsing, and the wheels are literally coming off the bus because this guy uh, is pathetic. He's, he's got a reputation for being a butcher, for needlessly sending people into the meat grinder. They all know that. He did that in Artemyovsk, uh, also called Bakhmud. But uh, he's had a terrible reputation. So he's coming out and he's saying, oh, you know, PR ploy. We're, we're going to try and do a defensive operation. But to me, it's another indicator that, uh, yeah, it's it's really collapsing now. The, the, the wheels are definitely coming off the bus in Ukraine uh uh, as we speak. Yeah. Which is well, good they, news. They which is good news. It, it is good news. I mean, it's good news. And uh, it's it's the, the thing is, so Putin has been very, very cautious, very slow. He doesn't want World War Three. And it's annoying to a lot of people. But it, well, I mean, people, people, a lot of people like Hitler, people, you know, the um, Brother Nathaniel said the kids love Hitler, and but but <laughs> Hitler after twelve years his his country was burning, and exactly. so maybe he was quite risk averse enough. Well, yeah, absolutely. Oh, this goes right to the point I was talking about you with you about this last night, Jeremy. Uh, the, the people who are there's a lot of them on RBN, unfortunately. Um, Putin didn't say this, and he didn't say that. He's he's genius level. Okay, Vladimir Putin is literally a genius, okay? You only had to listen to 10 minutes of that interview with Putin, with uh, Tucker Carlson to know that. But I've been listening to this president for years now, and he's, he's literally a genius, in my opinion. Uh, so this was his plan from the beginning. He, what that answer that everyone was complaining about where he goes into the history back in the 800s, that was very, very relevant to the way that Putin has prosecuted this war. He knew, I mean, I think it's also because he's actually a Christian. I do think that, but also because he's very intelligent. He knew the, the worst possible way to uh, prosecute a military action against basically your cousins, Right. They're being baited into it. The Jews who, who have started this war, they took the cousins in, in, in Ukraine, basically cousins, and inflamed them against the other cousin. Right. The worst way to fight that would to do the uh, scorched earth policy, the type of thing that the satanic mass murdering psychopath Netanyahu is doing in Israel right now. That would be the worst thing for Putin to have done. He could have done it. He could have done it two years ago. Uh, but I think, as usual, this is why the man is in power for so many years. He's proving everybody wrong. This was exactly a genius move to prosecute this war in the way that it has. Because why? Because now, I mean, he's in the catbird seat. He doesn't have to do anything, really, except gradually move forward. This guy's Zelensky predictions. He'll be in Miami Beach by the end of the month. And then what happens? You know, I just hope that the war really does come to an end uh, because too many people have been killed by the psychopathic Jewish war criminal Zelensky. I mean, 500,000 people to their own to their own death, grabbing 15 year old boys off the street. It's a disgrace. And the idea that somehow our country is, is, is thinking, oh, we have to keep it going, keep it going. Sickening, sickening. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Thanks for your call, Joe. Thanks, hey, we guys. Move Great on to, to hear you. Caller. Thanks a lot. We got we got Max in New York. Uh, Max in New York, what's on your mind? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. I was thinking, and nobody ever said this about Jews, but legally and lawfully by the Bible, Jews are infidels. Well, to to your point, um, if you're bringing up the Bible, the Apostle John in his epistles said that if you don't have the Father, you don't have the Son. So the Jews do deny Jesus Christ as the Son of God, so they don't have the Father. It's uh, it's an error to say that Jews are just another religion that honors God, but they don't go through Jesus Christ. They don't honor the Father uh, because they don't have the Son. So what what you've said is accurate biblically. Well, I, Was that the I, point I, you were making? I, I just thought about this word yesterday, and I'm like, so let me look it up. So you go online, and the Webster's come up, and the first definition is someone who denies the Christ. I'm paraphrasing, or who rejects the Christ. But isn't it obvious by now that no Jew should be any in any position of authority? Politician, lawyer, doctor. Like, who's Schumer? Why, why is this guy passing legislation? Right, and you could even divorce yourself from the religious aspect. If you divorced yourself from the biblical view and you just look politically, Schumer is supposed to represent the American people. But yet he openly says that he is the guardian of Israel. And so there's a conflict of interest there. I think that's the point that you're raising. I just another quick point, and I'll let I'll get off the phone. Dealing with a lot of legal abuse in New York and um couple of my friends, all my friends hire lawyers. I try to stay away from them. And um, each each man, white male, each lawyer, different lawyers, stated, if you are white and you are a male, you have two strikes against you. I was like, really? Right. Can I get that in writing? That just made he, I said... Your lawyer just told you you're going to lose. You're going to give him money, but you're going to lose. Uh, that's you're affirmative action. You and I know this is going on, but I was like, somebody actually said this now. A lawyer actually said this. And I called the town supervisor and told him this. So um, it's unbelievable well, the amount of corruption going on. Thanks, Max, for your comments. Appreciate a new caller, yeah. man. Call back. Very good. You have a good night, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks you too. We got a couple of more callers, so let's uh, try to, to leave room for both. Um, we got James in Vancouver up next. James in Vancouver. Yeah. So, <clears throat> World War Three. What would Edward Lutwak of Georgetown University say? You guys know him? Ooh, I'm not. I'm not familiar with uh, with Edward Lutwak. Gentleman from Glendale, there. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what is it again? Uh, Burbank. Yes. Lutwak. One of my what, professors what? studied studied under Lutwak at Georgetown. And Lutwak wrote a paper. 
Give us your point, James, and we'll, we'll respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. Ludwak would say, give war a chance. He wrote a paper saying that. I'll let you guys go. Bye. Thanks, James. Do you have a response to that, Patrick? I'm not I'm not aware of these gentlemen he mentioned. I, I know the name, but I, I, I the give war a chance. Wow, that's uh, that's something. And that would yeah. be in the context of give, give peace a chance, which was a slogan back in the uh, Vietnam War. And uh, I guess John Lennon and Yoko Ono recorded a song, Give Peace a Chance. Okay. Is James still there, James? I don't know why James... Okay, I don't know why James said that and left. I'm not sure what his point was, but... That's okay. Um, yeah, you're welcome we to gotta... call him at a point. Don in Arizona, up next. Hello, yes, this guy, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Way back in the 80s, uh, he was talking to the State Department about Lebanon, and he threatened, at that time, he threatened to uh, get in a shooting war with the United States uh, unless unless the State Department did what he wanted to with regard to Lebanon there. So he's this guy's been off the rails all his life. Uh, and it looks like he's uh, he's keeping this war going because he's got, because he will, uh, when the war's over, he's going to go to prison, is what it looks like. And uh, I think it's pretty bad. Uh, to me, this uh, genocide, I'm anti Jim. You guys might be pro-genocide. I don't want to step on your toes, but I'm anti-genocide. And uh, I might go ahead and vote for Jill Stein because she's the only anti-genocide uh, candidate. And I don't think Trump is totally anti-genocide either, although I don't think Trump would have been over to this extent to to, to uh, EB. So I'll let you go and then take the... I'll listen to your answer later. Uh, there's only a couple of minutes. Jill, Jill Stein's the Green Party candidate. She ran in 2012, ran in 2016. She did not run in 2020. And I voted for her in 2012. Um, she's Jewish. Uh, she, compared to most politicians, she's pretty anti-war. In the context of the Green Party of 2012, she actually, um, the, the Green Party had a very pro-Palestinian platform. And she put out her own po- uh, position, which was um, actually a retreat from the Green Party platform, it, it was worded in such a way that it seemed nice and fair, but actually it wasn't. If if you examine the language, uh, you know, she would be talking about sovereignty. Well, Israel was a state. Palestine wasn't a state, so it had no sovereignty. So, you know, respecting uh, state sovereignty and requiring the disarmament of non-state actors. Well, that's not that's not even and that's not fair. Um, I still have an overall favorable impression of Jill Stein, but uh, if if you get down into the weeds, uh, given the context of the Green Party in 2012, uh, which was very anti-war, she was a, a retreat from their their principal position. I don't know what the Green Party of 2024 is like. If if they're like the rest of the the left, they've gone way gay and don't care much about war anymore. Um, so I don't know. I don't. But she'll she's she'll she'll, she'll probably have a pretty uh, intelligent, reason, reasonable platform. She's not going to win. Trump uh, is very likely to win. 
he might be in a landslide. So it might it might be worthwhile, if you, especially if you live in a state that well, you're in a swing state. So that's one thing. But if you're like in New York state, why not vote for Joe Joel Stein? Yeah, um, I'm kind of thrown off by the last two callers. Let me just, since this is my show, let me just say this. Um, I don't know what your deal is, James, but I have no idea of the people you were talking about. Uh, Patrick had some inclination, but get on the show and make your point and disagree with us if you want to. But don't just say, you know, don't just make some uh some weird uh you know nonchalant point and then get off the air i don't know what you're trying to say um you're welcome to come on here and disagree with us but if you're going to come on and say something that nobody understands without explaining yourself then i will ban your call not because i'm banning freedom of speech but because you're ruining the show and i worked 12 hours today and went live for you people so you want to come on here, make a valid point. Don't be faggots and just come on and say some stupid crap and then get off. That's my final closing points. Patrick, thanks for joining me, and we'll be on tomorrow on the Patrick Jeremy Show Part 2. Health Simple with Colorado Shilajee. Fact bit number two. In Ayurvedic pharmacology, Shilaji is the king, Raza Yoga Vahayana. Razayana is one of the comprehensive disciplines of Ayurveda. It comprises of specialized uses of herbal minerals to achieve the optimum state of health. Razayana is a path to achieve homeostasis and thus retarding the process of aging and the prevention of diseases. Shilaji stands alone as the king herbal mineral over all other earth-made substances. Within Razayana, Shilaji is the ultimate substance that improves quality of plasma and blood. Thus, it strengthens and promotes health to all tissues of the body. Legit Shilaji, like Colorado Shilaji, is as the literal Sanskrit translation implies. Shilaji is the conqueror of mountains and the destroyer of weakness. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.